Good morning, everyone. It's 8.32, and uh, we're, we're actually on time. I appreciate the, the tech person, and I have a, a MacBook, so it kind of makes it tough with the connections. But I'm so glad to be here, and I want to thank just those, Mike Cope and the Lectureship Committee, for, for having me. I'm really back home on campus. I matriculated on this university in the late 80s and 90s. And uh, uh, I feel that I need to explain this because uh, it's through relationship. I want to begin right out by letting you know my toxicity began on this campus. Uh, and these are real stories, real persons. They know it. There's so much I have. And uh, as a psych professor at Oklahoma Christian University, my psych classes start at 8. And then we're usually out at 9.50. So I know this is not going to be enough time. I please want you to come back for tomorrow morning. We'll look at uh, a church plant and culture training, the back end of this uh, uh, from a personal story, and then some other uh, types of things that you may want to interject because uh, it may seem like I'll be all over the place, but it's really linear in terms of understanding uh, psychopathology and toxicity. I uh, would bet that many of you in here are or have gone through toxic moments in churches. And again, uh, my toxicity began on campus because I grew up in a very traditional church of Christ. And so this is not a blast or a disrespect on churches of Christ. I want to say that. Uh, but I grew up <clears throat> here in Los Angeles at a great church at the Figueroa Church of Christ, a great minister, uh, Dr. R.N. Hogan, thank you, uh, who, who, you know, who trained us and we had our youth formation from there. Uh, uh, however, uh, you know, the affiliated faith that I had argued with people, uh, the affiliated faith that I had created an us and them category in Christ. And so I went to other schools like Southwestern Christian College, a great school. And uh, from early on, I learned the tenets of debate. Or we use Jude uh, chapter 3, earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. And so my contending for the faith was which church are you in and other types of things that you recognize. And I'll even go deeper than that. However, I'll jump, jump, jump to this campus when I came here as a student. Uh, it was very interesting because I went to the Malibu Church of Christ. We would meet in Elkins. The campus is very stylized now. The, the one vivid thing I remember, and I appreciate my legs because of this campus, uh, uh, really, seriously, I hate to be vain like that, but, but, but man, I sure did understand <laughs> that through this campus. But while I was here, I stayed in, it was called Dorm 7, me and my roommate Craig Cook, now it's uh, Lily Field, I believe it is. And, uh, hey man, you going to church? No, no, no. He was an adopted African-American student from Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, uh, and I was his first black friend. It was amazing. His parents were from Concord, New Hampshire, uh, uh, white parents, and we would just talk. We still talk. He knows I'm here 
now. And, uh, hey, man, you're coming to church with me? Ah, I don't know. And then I would go to Malibu Church of Christ. The ministers at that time on this campus were Dan Anders. Are y'all okay this morning? I'm going to get to it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, the minister was Dan Anders, elders like Tom Albright and and those types of guys, I was on campus with them. I had Greek with Randy Chestnut, but I was a sociology major. I had outdone French and stuff, so I wanted to take Greek as my foreign language and do some other kind of nerdy things on campus. But I was wired tight with my religious perspective. And so when I went to the Malibu Church of Christ, um, my issue was they were serving communion with flip-flops and shorts. Okay, I'm embarrassed. You know, I, I, I knew, hey, Lawrence, how you doing? I, I'm embarrassed to share this, but my toxicity began there. So I scheduled a meeting with Dan Anders, Tom Albright, and some of the other big wigs. And uh, one of the big things, uh, man, you're going to get a meeting with him? I said, I don't care if he wrote He Loves Forever. I'm going to still, you know, I was, uh, I'm going to still be, man, he's going to tear you up. And, and all of that. And I said, no, I'm going to let him know. Well, uh, do any of you know Dan Anders in this room? Anybody? Uh, he was a campus minister here, uh, a great, passionate man, lover of the Lord, but I laid into him. I laid into him. You guys, this is, 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 is going to be a lot of pain to bring up. Man, I laid into him. And he just sat there, cried, and looked at me. And I said, you shouldn't be having this. It's horrible. And he says, now, you know, you... You do have choices. Well, I'm on campus, and I think it should be right. This is not a church of Christ. It's not even a Christian place. They're doing this. They shouldn't have this. And I was just going on and 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 on. I got to move on. But that was how I was on campus to the extent that my great colleagues, males and females, I'm going to mention names, Corey Risto uh, uh, in Washington, uh, uh, um, uh, so many of them, uh, some live in Greeley, Colorado. I still talk with them. And, but while on campus, they used to wake up in the morning, we'd be at breakfast. And so Lawrence, tell me this. Just be honest with me. Do you really believe I'm going to hell? Because they would go to Malibu Presbyterian next door. And they would go to other places on campus. See, I'm, I'm on campus here in 1987. And so I'm telling you, I was oppressive to the ministry. I would sit in Elkins, where Malibu Church of Christ was, and I would sit there and only micromanage what I thought were the wrong things, and Dan Anders would sigh. I was oppressive to him and the eldership. They met with me, and uh, uh, I really wasn't listening to what they were saying more than saying, this is not religion, and I think you get the rest from there. I got to move on because it's still a story where Dan Anders contracted cancer, if you remember, uh, on campus, and he was dying. Right around then, God began uh, to change my perspective. I'm just jumping over a whole lot to just give you where I was. I had a chance to come up and apologize to Dan Anders for what I did and said and the way I was after my faith grew. Uh, my relationship with Christ burgeoned. Uh, uh, and I was a sociology student uh, uh, and minor in psych <clears throat> psychology, wanting to understand human behavior, and my behavior uh, was part and product of that. I'm just beginning on campus where 
I brought a lot of toxicity. They hated to see me coming, I believe, the leadership uh, uh, at Malibu Church of Christ. They understood that young men that came from Southwestern Christian College, they had understanding of that. that were, they were armed with defending the faith, wanting to preach, wanting to flex uh, spiritual muscle, wanting to give a lot of knowledge. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm not disrespecting that. Uh, but it really didn't vibe with this campus. And what I didn't know uh, 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 was that grace was orienting me uh, to this. And so it's, it's really interesting. I share that. Maybe you want to ask questions. I, I got to move because it's a lot. I am, I moved from L.A., from this campus because while I was here, it's a story, you guys. Uh, uh, Dr. Michael Neal was the chief financial officer of this university. Someone says, how'd you get to Oklahoma from, from California and, and going here? Man, this is interesting because, uh, you know, I went to school here uh, and, and, and did UCLA and California School of Professional Psychology and things of that nature. And Dr. Michael Neal, who used to be chief financial officer here, uh, remembered my matriculation. Uh, when he, if he was chief financial officer, he probably did some of my expense reports. Uh, um, but he called me out of the clear blue sky uh, and said, hey, you want to come to Oklahoma? I said, who is this? And, and so on and so forth. And I just thought about it. Uh, uh, I'm just saying this along through the way. Relationships are important through I tell my students now at uh, Oklahoma Christian, uh, uh, I'm a product of being on this campus because of a relationship I had as an undergrad and, and, and whatever that brought. So it's really interesting to, to, to look at that. And then now I'm back at the place where I was very toxic. Um, interestingly, uh, that's my wife. She couldn't be with me. And so forgive me, I just kind of like to to, to, to present her, that's Cynthia up there. But, but let's go into this very quickly. I, I, I'm a psych professor and this is out of the ordinary. You were probably attracted because what is this class? Psychopathology of toxic faith? Let's look at it because I'm in the room with uh, our Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines persons. Um, uh, there are PTSD or acute stress. That's kind of the clientele or specialty if it's not uh, any area of abnormality. Uh, and so this is not a flex. My doctorate is in clinical psychology. And so before I left here, I was at UCLA working with research with serodiscordant couples uh, who have AIDS. Serodiscordant couples, one has the AIDS virus, the other does not. Um, so it's very detailed. That's not something that you're going to go to, to uh, Barnes and Noble and, and read. And so I'm just very comfortable in that part of APA in that clinical division. But but that's kind of what I was doing. And uh, I like to. I don't really share this, but I'm doing this. I'm a behaviorist, uh, and into. Why people do what they do. The fundamental definition of psychology is a study of behavior and mental process. How, what do people do 
And then what are the mental processes that they go through? Well, when you look at psychopathology and perhaps what attracted you to this, just check this out. Uh, uh, the scientific study of mental disorders, including efforts to understand their genetic, biological, psychological, and social causes. Sounds like a lot. Effective classification schemes across all stages of development, manifestations, and treatment. I'm gonna make this palatable. I just gotta get through this because we can't introduce it without understanding psychopathology. We're looking at this, but this is attached to a book that I use, like the Bible, called the DSM. It's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychological Disorders, and it's number four, or five in this sense. I have three, four, and five. Three for when I was a student here at Pepperdine, and then having to label all of those mental disorders. Now, uh, please bear with me because that book contains 250 mental disorders. Some of them have been eradicated, like, for example, uh, uh, the homosexual community did not want them being deemed as mentally disturbed, and so 1978, I'm not gonna give you a whole history, but 1978, they took that out because, of course, uh, uh, this whole psychopathology is bent on five axes. Okay, I'm not trying, I, I got to give you a psych and then run to the good stuff. And so how does one know that they're abnormal? Please listen to me. You have people say, I'm in depressed, or I'm feeling this. I just want to drop this nugget parenthetically. If you're feeling that way on a, a psychopathological level, you go get a true diagnosis. Don't self-diagnose through others. Don't Facebook diagnose. Uh, uh, I can, man, right now, you know, we can turn this class. I, an hour is not going to be enough time. But, you know, don't diagnose. There are, everybody in the church is depressed. I lost my brother in 2013. I'm not minimizing any of that, but there, there's grief. There's seasonal affective disorder and the level of depression that affects people in terms of weather and certain climates. And, and so when I'm in church, this is the reason why I did psychology as a minister of the gospel of Christ. I did not just want, to, I'm not disrespecting this, I didn't want to be a lay preacher and not understand behavior on the deepest level. Now, the big thing is, th through the ethic of psychology, I can't see the members. That's called dual relationship under our ethic. But my referral list is robust and strong in order to send people if they're in this, if we move forward, just real quickly, the term also refers to the manifestation of behaviors that indicate the presence of a mental disorder. So I just wanted to break it down, the soul or psyche is soul. Looking at the word, psychopathology, pathos, suffering, and then the, uh, of course, the ology on it is the study of. And so what is the origin of how it develops, the symptoms that, uh, if you will, they might produce in a person? So what's the origin? It's in the psyche. It's in the psyche. That's just the definition that I'm given. Now remember, true faith must go through an honest process. True faith must go through an honest process. If true faith doesn't go through an honest process, we'll, we'll cheat the process and settle for substitutes, and then we'll start. That's kind of the beginning of toxicity. 
So true faith, let me just, let me unpack that because it's a lot. True faith must go through an honest process. So uh, when I became a child of God, you see, first thing we do in faith is introduce people to ministries and, and, and people and stuff. And the first level of toxicity is they don't know the Lord. Jesus, they don't need to be, they need to be assimilated probably to the goings on of the church, but then they still need the Lord, who he is in, in, in terms of a person. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because if we look at this, let's just go further, uh, um, this whole toxic faith, I want you to look very quickly at psychopathology, it's a lot. So, for example, I mentioned five axes on psychopathology. On axis four, if you were to get diagnosed, heard, on axis four, it would mention psychosocial stressors, meaning a combination of family, religious life. What are other things that are imploding on your condition? So, now, just take on the other side, this view of toxic faith, uh, and we'll call it misbeliefs as well misbeliefs, uh, uh, and these misbeliefs poison uh, your emotional and spiritual well-being. And so what, what, what we'll do today is just, we're just looking at definitions. I'm beginning slowly because you're going to be shocked of all the other tenets that happen. Uh, uh, but look at the definition of toxic faith. Believes that which is not true as though it was true. You got them, I can say, what are some of them? But I, we don't have time for that. Uh, uh, is it true that the Lord will only save those in Church of Christ buildings? I'm not asking, that's a rhetorical question. And again, I'm not, uh, look, I'm not lamb blasting my heritage. I'm, no, I just want you to hear me in terms of what creates this psychopathology. And so, and you can mention, so we don't have to get through it, what are things that you believe That they're really not true, but you take them as true. If you don't take them as true, your family, your friends, the church culture will suffer. People will stop talking to you. I have another story because I did move to Oklahoma. And then every story I tell is not attached to the bad church or it was a difficult place. It's just toxic faith. I had to learn this. Toxic faith exists primarily because, look, they didn't meet the Lord, and so it poisons a person to really ask, whose side are you on? Now, okay, all right. I, I, I hope you're thinking with me. Uh, um, toxic faith and misbelief is synonymous. So I didn't start out to have toxic faith. I wanted to be a believer in Jesus Christ. No one starts that out. No one starts that out. As a matter of fact, uh, I got to go in all the way in here. I've met preachers on campus who have been fired, had to move their families, and they're all over campus, all over this lectureship. They're hurt, emotionally damaged. But I had to have on Oklahoma Christian University's campus Lynn McMillan tell me that. Anybody know Lynn McMillan? Yeah, um, I was ministering to a church, a great church, but 
We couldn't do fellowship in a fluid way. Anybody that would come in from the outside, they couldn't stay. When we were in there worshiping, it was definite um, positions held. And there were definite possessive spots in the church that people owned. And then the minister in the church like this is usually under restriction in an indirect way. A modern day uh, Corinthian church. And so no one starts out the whole falsehoods is true, but it becomes a part of the dominant culture. How could I not be like people I grew up with? Everybody's debating. Everybody is studying just Thayer in terms of looking at Greek. I remember I mentioned Spiro Zodiates, people, somebody fell on the floor. And then we were arguing, faith got so toxic, we were arguing over whether authors were inspired by God. So, you don't start up, but how does it happen? You were told an untruth and believed it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can nod your head. You were told an untruth and believed it, but listen, I'm not saying that, oh, you got hoodwinked and bamboozled. That's not it. You were in a powerful culture that if once you were told that truth, you were expected to believe it, and then you were expected to manifest it. So when I had a radio program in Los Angeles, I was on KJLH here, Stevie Wonder on the station, and two Church of Christ preachers on there, me and Carl Backus, Dr. Carl C. Backus. We're not competing. I love Backus. Backus knew me since I was a baby, but we had these spots. I was right before Fred Price right after Noel Jones. And so I would get on there, and I wouldn't do, hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Oh, you need to be, I wouldn't do that. I would just have an expositional message, open up the word of God, and I'd just stay flat-footed in scripture. And then the city, man, you don't sound the same. So they wanted to be, me to be toxic enough to give the difference in distinction. Everybody understand what I'm saying? I wasn't saying the key words. And he, he, he went right there. You can talk in here, please. You got, you got to interject. Listen, in our churches, toxicity knows a language but not the Lord. So I went to churches, uh, uh, and they probably thought I was on the fringe of faith. Don't invite him. But then if I give the language, it's kind of like you can manipulate people who are in toxicity. Go ahead and invite me. What do you need to say? Just say, here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. They'll think you're solid and sound. I got, it's so much. And so, no one, but anyway, you, you can't do anything right. These are things, how does this happen? I'm going to talk about that on a level of legalism. And then, first of all, you're told that, then you're reinforced that you can't. Uh, well, let's open that up. This, this, it's, 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 it's sticky, but it'll unstick. Uh, uh, they're the steps to toxic faith. Let's just go through them real quick. I tell myself, or I am told that an untruth is truth. We went over that. I accept that untruth and live my life according to it. That's important. You guys check in. Some of you and me 
thought that, man, if I can just live real right, hear me on this. Now, I'm not talking about living. We need to live right. But real right. Everything. And so that psychologically sabotages a person. Half of the people are depressed, not developing the blessed assurance that they sing about. And they sit there with a happy, hypocritical face like I'm going to heaven. They don't know about heaven at all. It's just let me do what everybody else does. And you're becoming toxic. It'll lower intimacy. I'm, again, I'm a psych person, so it'll lower intimacy. It'll cause you to hide from your wife. That's why Lynn said, Lawrence, are you okay? Because nine years I tried to stick it out at a great church because I succeeded a great man who was there for 35 years. He's a great man. But when I went there, he was very smart. He was forward-thinking. Anybody that knows him, uh, 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 he wasn't the one in this generation to bring what I'm teaching. But he knew it. He brought me into that church. He's, he's not a fool, Dr. Clyde Muse was not a fool. I got to go here. He was one black man that was a professor at Oklahoma Christian. His mama was one of the other only black women that was a professor there. John Thompson was a Hall of Fame. There were others, and then there's me. And been there 13 years. We'll get many. Now, that's not a, this not no racial or religious point. I'm only sharing that because, of course, I, I don't hold that, but I'm only sharing that because Dr. Mew says, listen, I want you to come here. And I says, man, this is, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's going to be tight. You teach slow. And I'm not mimicking him, but oh, Lord. I looked at all his books. All his books were uh, the cultural church, F. Lagarde. I don't want to start mentioning the list. It would get long. It, but he had all that. But it, they were turned inside out. His office was in the back annex, not the side of the church. I said, man, you got all these books and the people of that. And I, he knew I was a little bit more progressive. And so, uh, Stephen, you know this. I stayed there knowing that I would get in trouble, <laughs> knowing that I would have to resign with my wife. The day I resigned, I wore a tuxedo. Uh, I'm sorry, you guys, the vanity of it, right? But, but it, 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 I, it led to that, and we celebrated. We, we spoke on love. We wanted to leave the church and not in a bitter disposition because people still need to go to heaven. Uh, and so I was concerned about that. And so, uh, Lord, I'm digressing. But, but I perceive my circumstances, events are a thing of a false way. I put a false spin on them. There are a lot of theological things we do on that. I feel miserable because of the false spin I put on them. Now, let, let, now here, let's, let's go here. Uh, um, here are the results of it. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that appears to be right, but the end thereof leads to death. I used to think that when uh, people were in Presbyterian churches or in Christian churches, or in churches, you know. My theology is this, I don't really, I, 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 here, so you'll know where I am. Uh, if you obey the Lord, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, Baptist people baptize too. 
the congregation where I preach at the way, we're like 35% Church of Christ. Uh, in terms of heritage, everybody is from Life Church. Uh, we have a department. You, when you come in there, there it, it looks just like this audience, white and black, and you wouldn't know who has a felony or misdemeanor. You just wouldn't know. You can wear a tuxedo or you can wear Under Armour tights. I'm just giving you a range. Uh, uh, whether you're white or black, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's, that's Dr. Murray. He's, he's a black guy. White, you know, and then most of the kids prefer to come. I mean, it's not, we're not into all that. It's more or less we planted because we did not want to build stuff to keep people out. So let me shake some more foundation. Amber is a, is a name of a client. That's not a real name. But uh, her toxicity took root as a child. And you can't just say, I'm going to not be toxic anymore. Her father was a minister. Grew up in the church. She didn't know her father was going to grope her. I can stop right there. She but then, so she developed, she already grew up in hypocrisy. He's a preacher. See, this, this whole class is like 30 days. <laughs> For a clinician like myself, this is just Amber. I got 30 other people, uh, uh, and I was telling Bolton that uh, this is not the primary base of my research. I've only been doing this five years through the crucible of pain and grief of being affected by toxicity. Some of you are probably in this room where Amber grew up in religious constructs where uh, she was indirectly uh, 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 taught right stuff but done the wrong way. Now, I can just take her, and, and I won't go all the way, but Lord have mercy. She was, it's, it's hard to get out of that toxicity. The lies she believed, the trust that she automatically gave up, all, and then faith is on top of that. That's just one person. Don mentioned so much last night in his message, he was talking about this. And the levels of toxicity and how far and, and, and where it can go. So what we believe really matters. You know 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. I had to, when she submitted to the Christian part of counseling, because a person has to be willing to say, I want to integrate faith in my psychological modality. And, and we're going to recommend what people can do if they've been a part of toxicity. So I, we had to go back to the gospel. In Galatians 1.6, I, I had to take her back to the fundamental. Her dad's a preacher. What were you doing there? I was, we weren't going back memorizing scripture. We were going back looking at the elements of the gospel, verses 1 and 2, and for her to capture that. So she can believe that she don't have to do everything right. She's living a miserable life. She don't know if she's going to heaven. She's got to do everything right. She, she, she don't know if the sins, but it's just amazing. The sins that were perpetrated on her have become her. And, and, and so it's, it, it, 
what we believe does matter. I'm not talking about what church you're in, glass pulpits, robes, and all those other things that we waste our time on, but the, the same thing that the Galatians were being budged from uh, are the same things that, that is captivating us. And I'll share an email if you want all of this, but let's get to this. This is a lot. Now, here's the panoply of toxic beliefs. There are many of them. And uh, 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 if you just think about it, this is what develops. Now, conditional love based upon the lack of unconditional love. Now, if you guys can just flesh this out, God's love and favor depends on my behavior. It doesn't matter what you tell somebody. You can have a revival. You can have a blessed assurance meeting. You can take them to 1 John 5, 13. I come that you might know that you have eternal life and all of that. There are people that are psychologically conditioned, especially in churches of Christ, to not know that they're saved. It's ingrained in your members. They don't have a, they are not assured. It's, it's, it's almost like what Don was saying last night, the blessed Holy Spirit. You can't, you can't lavish they, my behavior, what I do. A lot of people are like that. Some people, if they don't get the communion, you know, so, so we got a lot of places and a lot of people uh, 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 that are sabotaged uh, by this toxicity on, on number one. Let me just give you something out of, of, of my notes from this. Now, um, there was a young man that I have in our congregation that just is guilty. Shame and guilt. Why do you feel shame again? Well, man, I did something. You know, he, he, he came. I did the normal confession. You know, it's kind of, I don't want to embarrass anybody. Brothers and sisters, I sin. I repent of my sins. I asked the church to pray for me. You know, he was going through a lot of things like that because he wanted to feel right. I want to feel, I don't feel like. So how long has it been like this? Man, it's just years. I worship. I said, do you sing? And everything was based upon his behavior. God's love and favor is not based on just my behavior. So conditional love, uh, um, um, instant peace. When tragedy strikes, true believers have real peace about it. Not till my nephew got killed in L.A. by a gun. And then my brother is, you know, and then other people. We just, 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 just have. Sometimes faith is, it gets so toxic that you become, you don't even believe it, but you're trying to force somebody else. And it's not real. And what happens is, why am I here today, uh, class? Well, listen, you're going to make yourself sick. Right now, the mentality of not measuring up when Christ paid it all. You see why I went back to the gospel? I think uh, uh, every individual, every individual needs to check in right here. True believers have real peace about it. And so toxicity takes on this lens that, look, I'm a believer. I'm expected to do this even though I don't feel it. 
Uh, uh, got many more. Guaranteed healing. If I have real faith, God will heal me or someone I'm praying for. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? Another uh, uh, toxic belief. Irreproachable ministers. All ministers are men and women of God and can be trusted. Irreproachable ministers. Now look at this, if you will. Uh, have you ever had a minister? Or are you a minister that can't be touched? Man, I want to land right there. How does this play itself out? Attitude. And churches are structured to where you can't get in. You can't get into the club. You can't get into the clique. And sometimes irreproachableness doesn't say, they don't say I'm irreproachable. They get a community and their best people to send that message to you. Are y'all in the room? Man, I know this is so boring, but uh, uh, y'all listen to a psych professor. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 material blessings are a sign of spiritual strength. Now, it all depends on who's kicking you down in the church. When I say kicking you down, are you on benevolence? Some of y'all looking like, what do you mean? Sometimes... Faith is, sometimes people are held, their faith are held over their head because they need benevolence. They'll go ahead and believe the, the, the stuff. All right, all right, y'all are wiggling. Okay, uh, salvation by works. I can work my way in heaven. Y'all understand what this is? There's a panoply of toxic beliefs. Uh, uh, Arterburn in his book goes over there, like 21 of them. I've added uh, some of my own. And many of you know this. If you can work your way to heaven, it's diametrically opposed to Galatians 5, 4. And so rather than just take a scripture and, and land a day, just think about that. You uh, who try to justify yourselves by the law, Christ is ineffective. It doesn't work. So I call that a psychosis. I call it on my other level spiritual schizophrenia, where you're performing to gain favor of God when the Lord has already performed. And someone says, well, you're, you're saying to me, I don't have to do good. No, I'm not saying that. Ephesians denies that. We are his workmanship. When we're created in, watch this, in Christ, the locative aspect we're created in Christ Jesus unto. You know, a byproduct of being attached to Christ, not gaining the favor. And I'm not preaching. I'm just saying that it is opposed. But if you believe something different, I've had people in the church. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, as to get to God. But I still got to do something. That's toxic faith. And then you ask them, what are you going to do? And they can't hear that you're not telling them not to live right. Guess what is the problem? They haven't understood the partnership with Christ. They just in the church. 
And then oh, they expect to No, man, you're in a partnership. And so toxicity will take on uh, that lens. Uh, uh, another toxic belief, uh, spiteful God. So irregardless of what's going on, I, this whole self view, how I see myself, and uh, we don't have time to talk about self-esteem and what that does uh, in particular to populations in the church. I can look in this audience, and I'm not even tripping just out of the, I'm a research and stats guy, and there's five people in here uh, that are in this category. Please. I tell you, I, uh, I was with you with in Fate's presentation, and it could be, and I don't want to land on his, and then, but, but I want to say, yeah, no, but yeah, Fate alluded to it in a more powerful way in his topic yesterday, if you guys remember that, had us in groups, and man, I was glad to experience it. I was sitting there thinking like, oh boy, it's, it, that's another level of toxicity, uh, uh, Brother Ellis. That's a, that's a level of toxicity that both black and white people are in. So for example, if I can interject, because you'd feel free to do that, there are also people in this room, if I can say this, that were part of African-American churches that experienced toxicity within the church and had to go to a white church where they can get into the Jesus, the body, like Don was saying. I love this lectureship, but that's what Don was saying. The body, I don't want to get into the, the powerful aspects of the body, but, but uh, uh, that's kind of what happens in a sense. Hey, Brandon. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, Corteus six and seven are in that zone, but to push it further, here is, uh, you mentioned slavery, and I had it as a point, uh, slavery of the faithful. So if you're really faithful, I'm gonna meet others' needs. Now look at how this looks. This will take a week. I need a bunch of ministers in here to just talk. You know why? Because our wives, where are you going? I got to go here. Where are you going? I got to go there. Church, this so-and-so need this. Eldership, I got to go to this. I need just only elder. I'm not just saying when, whoever you are. This will take a week because it gets toxic. That's why Lynn McMillan said to me on uh, Oklahoma Christian's campus, I was coming from my class. And we always talk. He's a family person. And I've never had anybody corner me like, like he did. He knew I was going through trouble at the church where I was. And uh, he was running around. He met me last week, in, 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 or, or the week before he saw me, and said, hey, we got to, I'm going to Integra. So you're going to, I'm just going to. Then so he saw me on campus and cornered me. Are you okay, Lawrence? I want to talk to you because I know, and then he didn't let me say, let's go to the office. He said, you know what? I know you're going through some trouble at Spencer. How are you and your wife, Cynthia? I need to talk to you. And he said, what you probably don't know, you're, our relationship is probably not that good. You don't let her know what's happening at the church. You're, you're, you're on autopilot. He was just saying a lot of stuff. And I was just as toxic. So if you're not careful, I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up, and we got another day. Uh, if you're not careful, you'll fall into the fact that you got to, yes, we ought to bear the infirmities of the week, but sometimes you get so faithful, you just own service, and you can deny your family. 
your kids, picking them up at three. Uh, uh, my friend Jerry Taylor talks about the ministry of presence, just being around. You ain't got to be doing anything, just be in the orbit, be in the space. If not, you're going to create a toxic family, and the church is going to wedge your family. So, so anyway, uh, uh, in Christian inequality, uh, God uses only spiritual giants, right? And uh, uh, let me get to... to uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end right here. I'm out of time, Emma. I'm way out of time. We're going to have to begin right here. You guys, what's coming next is the pharisaical stuff. Jesus alluded to this. The leaven of the Pharisees was the toxicity they brought. And we'll begin there tomorrow. I'm way over time. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll